When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Mont Blanc legend, 100 mils, now just $64.99 at Chemist Warehouse. Save 25%. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Yeah, good morning. You're listening to Baz and Lizzie for breakfast on SENZ. It's Wednesday, the 10th of November. It's just after 6 o'clock here on the Baz and Lizzie for breakfast. Wherever you are in the country, I hope you're having a cracking day. What about those protesters? Come on, the minority. Millions of us, millions of us, thousands of you, millions of us just want to move forward and get on with it. But anyway, that's enough of that. <laughs> Look forward to ripping into some sport today throughout the show, covering a bit of racing. What a day yesterday at Addington Raceway. What a meeting. Mark Purden ruining everyone's chances of making a wee bit of cash as hell. Mark Purden got paid, but he didn't get the big one. He didn't get the big one. Copy that. Ray Green, how good was that? Emotional, emotional time for Ray Green and the, Green and the team up in Pukekohe, Auckland. As they won the cup, the big one, and I loved it. I love seeing Ray Green, the emotion. We had him on the show yesterday. How special was that for him? All those years ago, don't need big money to win big races. Seven and a half thousand they bought copy that for. His wife actually bought it. She picks it. She picked it, so she takes all the glory. But um, well done to Ray Green. How good was that? We got Blair Orange on the show later in in the show about eight forty-ish. We're going to talk to Blair Orange as he drove his second cup winner. Second Cup winner, and what a ride it was. Drive, I should say. What a drive it was with copy that for the second Cup. Just gave self-assured, no chance. Got out in front. Classy Brigade was right behind. I was on Classy Brigade. Right behind in the trail. Had a nice wee run, but just couldn't get there in the end. And copy that was just too good on the day. So look forward to chatting to Blair Orange about that special, special win. Also, the game that keeps on giving, horse racing, we love it on this show. This time we're going to go give the small stables a wee plug. Rob Dennis from Southland is building a nice wee stable and this week has a few chances at Rickerton. The gift in race six today, we'll have to get a stare into that one today and see how the gift is looking for today's one in race six at Rickerton. 
So Rob Dennis also has a few runners later in the week, one in the 1,000 guineas. So looking forward to chatting to him and just getting a bit more of an understanding of how he looks to take on the big boys, the big boys in the in the race game. So looking forward to chatting to him. Bears, I know he's a good friend of yours as well. Also, we have Black Cats versus England in the T20 semi-final redemption time. Craig Macca McMillan joins us to preview this match before we hit the fairways at Clearwater Golf Course at about 11 o'clock. So look forward to chatting to Macca about what he hopes to see from the Black Caps as they attack England in this T20 semi-final Black Caps Australia final, I'm thinking. Baz is on the same page. Craig Hutchison on the same page. We're all on the same page. Looking forward to chatting to Macca. Make sure if you've got any texts or any questions for any of our guests, Give us a text on double eight double three, or give us a call on the Kenatire phone line 0800 150 811. We want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. Wherever you are in the country, give us a call. Also, Razine, our most trusted paint brand cricket conversation just after 8 o'clock. We're going to keep it up with the cricket conversation. Do you remember the cat? Someone wanted <laughs> to know why Phil Tufnell is called the cat. Well, today's the day. And you can find out. We have Phil Tuffers on the t- on the show. And Tuffers is going to talk about the cat and England cricket. So if you are the person that wanted to know why he's called the cat, maybe you can give us a call and you can ask him yourself. 0800 You can talk to the cat. But there you go. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to talk sport. We're going to talk cricket. We're going to talk rugby, NRL. We're going to talk it all. Horse racing, because, well, wouldn't it be a show on the Bears and Izzy for breakfast without a bit of horse racing, and it's a big week in Cup Week. And, well, if you're a bit like my wife and you've got a sore head, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> we forgive you. It was a big day yesterday. That's all good. But anyway, hey to the team. Ricardo, <laughs> Trudy, Joe, and Kez up in Auckland. Looking good team, and my good co-host, Bears, the Skip McCullum, there in Matamata. How are you, brother? Well, speaking of sore heads, is I've got a bit of a sore head as well, and I've also got a sore <laughs> back left pocket too, because Tabata went no good, unfortunately. So none of us oh. got paid on that one, but that's okay. Next started. Hey, uh, but uh, no, I'm good, mate. I'm good. I had a great day yesterday, mate. Just watching races, yep. sitting outside. Kids were swimming in the pool. Just had the TV on, cooking the barbecue, Beautiful. having a punt. What a day! Having a couple of quiet. Shandy's on the way through. Oh, no, cool. and what about you? Yeah, so it was a, it was a, it was a good kind of punt. I loved it. Even the old harness, we'll you just, you just started to really feel. Maybe just hit into Mark that paid and, and got him to, um, to be able to stand there aloft with the New Zealand Cup. But crikey, Purden was just on fire. And then there was some good racing out of Tiaraha, and oh, it was just fantastic, mate. So Daisy a little bit Daisy's a little bit dusty today, you think? Well, I can't hear. I can't hear old is. Oh, we've got a little bit of a meltdown out of a hoka there. <laughs> I can hear you. Oh, yeah, he's back. Oh, there you go. Thought Daisy tripped Joe, over the cords just... there for a minute. <laughs> 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 Oh, Joe, you try and turn the holders off. That's not very nice. Yeah, something happened. I just started talking and it 
I just got nothing back. And then I could see your mouth talking <laughs> on the camera. And I was like, we're talking at the same time, but I can't hear anything. So what's going on here? <laughs> what were you saying, mate? What were you saying? It was a great story. I feel like I missed something. Oh, no, you didn't miss much at all. Let's let's talk about your little golfing attire that you got on now, though. You're out there today, out on the, out on the links yeah. for the first time since you've had your little mishap. Yeah, it's been a couple of months, Baz, and, and I had all intentions this week to go to the driving range or just even have a putt, just even go have a putt, but I didn't. So today I'm going in real cold. I decided at 4.30 a.m. that I'm going to chuck my polo on Chuck my polo on, chuck my golf hat on, just start getting the feels going, getting the vibe going. You know, we're, pl- we're, we're chatting to Macca lately. I'm going to be facing Macca. And there is, if there's one person I want to take a few balls Are you playing golf? I want to take a Are few Are you playing golf off. with Macca later? We're playing golf with Macca. He's in, he's in the crew. Flem, Macca, uh, good crew. Oh. Trouser, you know, all the donk crew playing with the lads today. And, and if there's one person oh, I want to take a dollar off, that is Craig, Macca, McMillan. So... <laughs> having a wee, having a wee golf, golf today, and I'm playing in a moon boot. Let's be honest, I'm playing in a moon boot, and um, it's going to be interesting. But hey, you know, I, I feel like when you just have low expectations, you can go out there and rip it up. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I'm going in with that attitude, mate. It's going to be good. Are you going? Are you going to take Jay Carter's advice and just, just try and swing real <laughs> hard, real fast? I, I, I am, I am, but. I'm just a bit weary. She's a bit dewy out there. She's a bit dewy out there. And um, with the with the moon boot situation, and and I don't know, maybe I just chuck a few nails in the bottom. What do you reckon? Chuck a, put a few nails through the bottom of the moon boot just for a bit of grip. You know, just start hammering through the bottom of the moon boot just to get some grip going. But um, I'm a bit weary, but I probably will, mate. Because just to be honest, I don't get out there to swing slow. I go out there to knock its head off. So. Um, I'll give it a good will. But yeah, looking forward to that, Baz. Looking forward to that. And a wee dabble. Have we dabble at Rickerton today and have we go at Rickerton? It's it's a good day. It's a good day, mate. Yeah, well, we've got some good guests on as well. I'm looking forward to obviously talking to Blair Orange about yesterday afternoon's success on Copy That. Looking forward to chatting to Macca, not just about your guys' golf game this afternoon, but also about... The Black Caps versus England semi-final and the tournament in general. Yeah, uh, I see India named their team overnight or their squad overnight to meet the Black Caps, which their squad is there's no Virat Kohli in there for a start, and Rohit Sharma is captain of that side too. Uh, I think KL Rahul is the vice captain. It's quite a young squad, but again, very powerful side, which the Black Caps will take on post World Cup over there in India, um, and then. Of course, Phil Tufnell, the cat. Mm. How good is the cat? He's good fun. If you do yourself a favour and get your get yourself a little cup of tea or a little a little cup of coffee and just sit down and wait for the cat to come on because he will invigorate you this morning. He will just make you smile the entire time through that interview. He'll try and give us a little bit of a steer into how England will attack New Zealand in the in the semi final as well. But you're guaranteed to have a laugh, aren't you? He's a cracker. Oh, he was such a laugh. And I, I vividly remember this. We were, we were just starting out the Bears and Izzy for breakfast and you get Phil Tufnell on and, and then we start chatting. And just in his voice, he he's, you can just understand why his name's Cat because he's got that little, you know, that little voice and he knows really how to attack a little <laughs> little something, something. So um, I'm really looking forward to him, mate. He was good laugh. He had good crack. And he actually had some good insights into England. And he was honest. He was brutally honest. That was at a time when England 
was struggling. They were struggling to get some runs. They were struggling with the bat particularly. And he even came out and said he'd probably bat better than them. And you know how he bats. He's a high score of what, 20? <laughs> high score of 20? <laughs> Something like that. That was funny too, eh? <laughs> 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 what was it? High score of 23 or something. He's like, oh, I just fell short of getting my, my maiden first class 100. Yeah, no, he's crack up, mate. And of course the Ashes is not too far away too, so... I wonder if he's yeah. he's covering the Ashes, whether it's on the radio or or TV. But he'll he'll give us some good insights, and I am looking forward as well, mate, to chatting to Robert Dennis too down there. Of course, the famous Dennis family all the way down there in Southland, who have had such an impact on the racing game. And now Robert Dennis is doing great things. He's got a small team, but he's got a team which every time they go to the races, they're competitive. So he might even steer us into one, and we need that, mm. is he? Because yesterday was not a good day on the punt, my friend. No, I, I actually got bad, a goodie, Baz. I got a goodie. I got Steve Marsh's one, Janessa. That Janessa that won and paid, paid 10 11 bucks. bucks. 10 bucks, 10 bucks. And um, paid 10 bucks, mate. It was good. I just seen, I read some the, the, the form that said, look, it's in a wide gate, but its last run was real good. It's a big, big chance. And I saw that. I read that comment and I was like, mate, it's paying 11, 10 bucks. I was like, I'm on that. I'm on that. And it steamed home through the middle of the pack and, and got up. So that one got my day off to this good start. And His team went well yesterday, Stephen Marshes. I know he trained, I know he trained Tabata, um, and that didn't go any good yesterday, but that, that can happen. But the rest of his team went really good. I think he won, he won three races. Should we get him on the show later on? Because he's got Lincoln King this weekend in the Cup as well. Should we get him on the show later this week? And we'll chat yeah, to him about we'll get him on tomorrow, how good his team's we'll going. We'll get him on tomorrow. Because Louis called Lincoln King. You've spoken to him about Lincoln King. And I've gone on Lincoln King and Perfect Pink. So I think it'll be uh, uh, good to get him on for Saturday for the Cup, mate. 100%. Ricardo's on it too. Yeah, he, yeah. Mate, I'm on everything. Anything that ba- yeah, that comes through <laughs> on the message that Paz has got, I'm like, all right, I better put something on that. Better put something on that. I was a bit, I was, uh, to be honest, I was a bit disillusioned after yesterday. I was like, man, yeah. maybe maybe I'm in the wrong thing. Maybe I should have been picked. Are these greyhounds? Because Baz just seems to be tipping dogs. I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Ouch. Stay the course, my friend. Stay the course. We got bowled out for 45 in my first test match as captain, too. And we got there in the end. We, we just got to hang in there, Ricardo. All right, mate. All right. I'll, I'll hold up one end. <laughs> oh, oh, for 45. How was that post-match? <laughs> nah, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. Mm. A couple of... found a Who'd couple of answers play? at the bottom of a... South Africa. Was that a couple of answers at the bottom of a glass, but... Was that the one where Jeet and Patel was, was trying to was was trying to play um, Dale Stain from Square Leg? <laughs> <laughs> oh, how would you play Dale Stain, <laughs> mate? From the sheds, <laughs> from the sheds, <laughs> by mashing the X and O button, maybe I don't know, but I wouldn't be out there. I know that much. <laughs> he was bowling rockets. It wasn't Is it, <laughs> poor old Jeets. It was our fault. It was our, our batter's fault. It was us. We were hopeless. So therefore, poor old, poor old Jeets had face against Dale Stain with his tail up, following absolute rockets, <laughs> and the ball was still pretty new because we didn't do our job. So, 
Yeah. <laughs> not Jesus' fault. It was our fault. Is that, is that, when, you, is that when you step Christ. away? Is that when you just step away and you're, you, people think you're scared, but you're just trying to open up? You're just really trying to open up. So you step away to the left. That's what my dad is. Why are you stepping away, son? I said, I'm not stepping away. I'm trying to open up my, my hips so I can unleash. So I can unleash, dad. Just give yourself a bit of room. Just give yourself some room, mate. Oh, I feel your jeets, man. I'm on your side. What would be that? What would be the similar thing in rugby? Or is there is um, there a similar sort of running oh, running what's into a similar touch? thing? What's, oh yeah, when someone's running at you, <laughs> and um, you know which way they're going to step. Do you know which way you're going to step? But you overrun it, so you overrun it, and then you just do the old arm backwards kind of touch, you know, and then you, and then to make it even worse. To make it even worse, you slip over to make it look like you lose your feet. <laughs> so, yeah, done that a few times too, mate. <laughs> oh, you just want to try and yeah. catch him side on rather than front on, eh? Yeah, yeah. So you're like, mate, I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you. And then, oh, touch. And then you slip over just to make it look exaggerated. Yeah, it's quite. Yeah, I've done that a couple of times, mate. Yeah, that's, that's the same as stepping away. So, Jeets, mate, I'm on your side. I'm on your side. Not all of us. We'll get Jeets on. Chips and guard and bat with a broken arm, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get Jeets on at one stage, too. He's good crack. He's a hilarious man, old Jeetan Patel. He's doing really cool things, actually. He's bowling coach for England. Um, I'm not sure he's on every tour, but in um, Red Bull. So he might actually be going to Australia for the Ashes and, and working with them over there, and they absolutely love him. So his... Awesome. Um, his first class record over in England is phenomenal. So he, he had a nice test career, you know, he went went okay. Um, well, he went good, but he really made his name over there in the UK, what he what he was able to achieve yeah. in first class cricket. And they absolutely love him as a bowling coach. So it's quite an interesting little take. But he's a good crack to did a little bit of work for Spark Sport last year as commentator. And he's very good. Very good. So we'll get him on. Loves his golf as well, is not unlike yourself, oh, my friend. There yeah. we go. Here yeah. we go. Linz, it's only taking ball. you two weeks to give Spark a wee plug. Give you a Sparky a wee plug, you <laughs> mate. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Anyway, I did a bit of Sky Sport yesterday. There you go. How good. Anyway, <laughs> coming up, coming up. We're going to talk. We're going to talk about Aaron Smith. Aaron Smith returning to the All Blacks squad. How good is that? Uh, Ricardo's going to come in and lead lead a little conversation there. But, uh, yeah, what a, what a special little thing. One man goes down, Brad Webber goes down. What do you call him? The best halfback in the world. Aaron Smith, he's heading over to Ireland. Will he start coming up? Send us a text on double eight double three. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Yes, you are. It is 6.25 in the morning on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. And we are talking about racing. We're talking about cricket. And we're talking about some rugby as well. And how's about that news is old Aaron Smith, the best halfback yeah. in the world, is going to jet his mm. way over to help out the ABs. Talk us through that one, my friend. Oh, mate. Yeah, it's oh, I didn't pick it, but it, it makes no, uh, it's a no-brainer, really. He's back here. The whole reason he wasn't on tour was he was waiting to have his second son. Um, he got, obviously, with the injury to Brad Webber. Him getting a wee knock in, in the first 10 minutes of that match. Um, yeah, it's a no-brainer to take him over. The question is, 
uh, that they're going to pose is does he have any sort of input or any sort of chance of potentially making this match? For me, I just can't see it happening. I think he arrives Wednesday uh, midweek of the Irish Test, so that gives him three days to prepare for a test. Yes, it's a long time, but I feel it doesn't send the right picture to the, the team and the players like Finlay Christie. Yes, he is the best in the world, and we know what kind of input he's going to have, but a guy that's been slugging away for two and a half years uh, two and a half months on tour with the whole side. He knows what the side needs. He knows what their kind of plan of attack is. For me, I feel TJ would start and Finlay will be on the bench. In the, uh, bench. And then uh, following week, uh, Aaron Smith will be in the French side. So this week, I feel he's a no with the, within the squad, but he's going to be adding so much and he'll be so good for, for Finlay Christie to be able to just give him an understanding of what it's like to play Ireland. They are a niggly side. They are a tough side. They do bring a lot of heats, particularly in Dublin. They really grow an arm and leg over there. They're a tough side to play in, in Dublin. They're very passionate people. Um, they know that they have the game to actually um, put the uh, the All Blacks under a lot of pressure. And there's always been a, there's already been a war words throughout the week saying that, that the All Blacks are looking tired. It's been a long couple of months. Yes, it's been a long couple of months, but they relish these opportunities. So, um, yeah, it's... it's <laughs> mate, what a get. What a get when you get a guy like Aaron Smith to head over, mate. So, okay, so so you think he can go over and just be cover? Is that what you're thinking? I, th- I think he'll be cover for this match. I don't see him having any input for this game. Look, I could be wrong. They could they could be totally different and they want him to start. And it wouldn't be a bad thing if he did start. Let's be honest, he's played 100 tests and he probably only needs two days to really fit in. But the thing is, he's got long travel. He's, what, 20 hours in a plane, gets over there. He's got to hit the ground running. They'll be training. Thursday's the biggest day of the week. They do have double sessions, and it is the most important training. If he can run fully 100% on Thursday, then he's a chance. I just can't see it happening with the long travel, uh, getting up to scratch, getting up to speed. Yes, he would have been sent a few things to be able to look at on the plane. I just I just feel this week this is probably not his week. Um, to, to play. I feel like next week is definitely the week where he will be playing and starting and having the input into that match. So that that's my take anyway. Yeah, it's interesting, eh? Like, you make a good point. Like, what would you do, Bez? Two and a half months. What would you do? Well, I don't really know. I was, if you're the coach. I've sort of been in... Uh, I'm not really sure. So I've been in a similar situation as a player, mate. Like, I, I was mm. meant to have a tour off. Um, the team was in the Caribbean. Um, and I was meant to have a tour off. I'd been rested for that tour, and then uh, there was a couple of injuries, so I got a phone call um, from John Wright, who was coach at the time, and he said, can yeah. you come over? We want you to captain the team. And I was like, yeah, okay, no worries. So I went over there and flew all that way over to the Caribbean, jumped straight off the plane, went in, had a net session, um, and then I sort of felt like I was ready to play, but then sort of got the... Uh, the coach said, oh, look, I'm not sure, you know, it's just too hard on you to come all this way and and um, to then have to try and play, so we'll, we'll just put you on the bench. And it was sort of like, I felt a bit, felt a bit empty at that, that point in time. It sort of didn't really make much sense to me that you had, had winged your way all the way over there to then sit on the bench. It was probably the right decision, though, from from the coach at the time because it does take its toll, right? Like, not many people can mm. jump on a plane and go all that way and then expected to play at an absolute premium sort of optimum level um, and, yeah. and be able to perform. So, look, I, I'd probably go for the guys who are there at this point in time. 
Um, yeah. But it's yeah. definitely going to take some management from from the coaching staff, I think, to try and ensure that um, the messaging around it is right. But yeah. Aaron Smith being Aaron Smith, he, he's going to buy into that team set up anyway and, and contribute he'll, he'll a lot. Be in I'm sure he'll... Oh, yeah. He'll be in there next week. He'll definitely be in there next week. I reckon we should ask, uh, are you at home? You at home, wherever you are, at work, whatever, in the car, driving somewhere, let us know. Double eight, double three. Do you think Aaron Smith should start or will he start? Or what kind of role will he have this week leading into the Island Test? Give us a text on double eight, double three, or give us a call on the Kenna Tire phone line 0800 150 811 because it's one of those little... Fascinating conversations, eh? Do you give him an opportunity or are you setting him up to fail? Are you setting him up to fail? And, and, and if he goes there, he, no doubt he could have a blinder, Baz. He could have a blinder and he could add to that All Blacks environment and, and, and be a big part of that maybe potential win. But then on the other side, you could probably set him up. He hasn't had the preparation. He hasn't had the, the time to settle in and he could probably play a bad game. What does that do for him and his credibility going forward? So it's an interesting conversation and one thing we're going to, Learn of maybe like a day or two when they name the side, but give us a text on double eight double three. Right now, it's time for Trudy and the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Yes, we are celebrating New Zealand Cup Week here on SCNZ, and we are here on the Baz and Izzy show for breakfast as well. And it's six thirty-three in the morning. We're trying to get a hold of. Our producer, Louis Herman Watt, who might be just a little sluggish on it maybe this morning after a big old go yesterday. No doubt we're going to get a little loveracing.nz update. Of course, Love Racing, your home for everything. Thoroughbred Racing, loveracing.nz. Is Louis on the phone? Hello, Louis. Boys, how are we? Hey, did you get paid yesterday, Louis, or not? Did you get paid? I, um, yeah, no, I actually did. I think uh, the, the, I went heavy on Krug and Franco Indy and had a yeah. big play over the weekend and um, built a nice little bank and then just plodded along and hit, hit the first four in the uh, in the cup, but didn't get didn't get rich. But, you yeah, know, it was a good day. So I got a bit of a bank to play at Rickerton today with. How was your, how was your ticker? How was your ticker when Franco Indy was running down the straight, mate? Tell us, talk us through that. <laughs> oh, mate. I mean, two-year-olds don't get to win like that. That was unbelievable, wasn't it? It was, um, yeah, you know, that park. And, geez, what about Purden? What about Purden? Yeah. Like, that guy... Freak, could, isn't he? He could drive me to a win, I reckon. <laughs> he, he was unbelievable. He was just in a zone. And, and, um, and you kind of saw that in the way the markets were moving. I found the markets moving really interesting yesterday, like, Everything, everything, uh, all stars or curtain was shortening by the end of it, which kind of makes sense. But you know, like eventually, eventually, you can't win every race. You know, <laughs> like you yeah. gotta, there has to be a point. So, no, it was a really interesting day at Addington yesterday, just from a betting perspective. Unfortunately, have you debriefed Tabata, Baz, or just not talking about it? Well, I was just about to read out this text that someone sent us through on double eight double three. Don't back Tabata over fourteen hundred. Wait till he races over sixteen hundred. Heard, heard that from the owner. Well, I'll give you a little tip. You didn't even put your name in there for a start. Tabata's spelled T A B A T A, not the way you've spelt it. And 
it's a she, not a he. So, well, I'm not sure where you're getting your oil from, but that hurts. That really hurts. And I'm the owner, and I'm telling you that I was on yesterday, and I got met. So, <laughs> so is that the debrief you're after there, Louis? <laughs> Hang on. I mean, the great game got us one there. I just, it just, it was an ugly watch from the start. There, it just, she just didn't look comfy, did she? And the Seattle track was playing kind of funny yesterday, and it was, it was up and in for a bit. I don't know. Seattle has a weird place. It's, like, it's a punt, isn't it? Because no, the camera. That's good. Janessa got me paid. Yeah. Oh, here's a punt, man. Of course he did. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the good stuff. Anyway, boys, today, Rickerton, there's three really good races yeah. in the card that's very, very even. We've got the Valachi down Canary Breeders Stakes um, for the mares. And, and this is a, it's not a star-studded field, but it's a really even field. Down the bottom of the book, Pikey's put in Providence Provides in the China Horse uh, Club colours. I, I wanted to back it, but it's drawn the absolute car park, 17 out of 17. So going to need to be really good, but you're getting good each way money, $6 and $2.30. The one that I was interested in, but I've seen it shortened significantly, was the gift at the top of the book, drawn wider again, Ooh. but it's a, a higher rating horse in a, a fit weights and penalties race, so it gets the same weight as the other mares. Have um, reading our run things. sheet? <laughs> what <happened? laughs> We've got, we've Rob, got, Rob we got Robert Dennis, Dennis on, on a little bit later on. Oh, perfect. Can you ask him if we're backing it or what price? Can you can you, can you find yeah. out what price we can get a fistful of? That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. She's just been going super. And fourth time in this preparation, should be peaking. I, I, I thought it was a bet. $6.50 now. Uh, you've got the steward sprint, which Babylon Berlin has come out of. So that's why all of the odds have been sliced in half in the sprint race. That'll be quite an even sprint now. She's a cat. She's been unlucky twice. At Hastings down the bottom of the book, five dollars fifty, two dollars ten. Um, I'd be happy to have another go on Shares the Catch. You might say I'm chasing my cash again, maybe. And the feature, of course, <laughs> Copeland's Bakery Mile, the group two. This is a great race. It is every year. And this year it's no different, boys, because Miss Tycoon Rose has taken money in the betting. Um, good barrier, senior jockey, Craig Grills. This horse actually ran second in the thousand guineas in this carnival last year, and she just had a bit of a sore knee. So she had to get an operation, get a chip taken out of her knee. So she's come back two times in this prep. She's just shown what sort of class mare she is, Philly, last year. Um, but Marcus Aurelius has a bro, a Colorado star, Germanicus even, at really long odds, Maximus Prime. It's a really, really even version of the Copeland's Bakery Mile. Um, if you like one, just follow your gut, back it in, because they're all at nice enough odds. It's going to be a great day yeah. racing. Reckon it'll be next year. I can't wait. Right, Louis, well, Marcus put Aurelius. your money where your mouth is. Marcus, Marcus Aurelius, Opie Bossin? You think, I'm thinking the Opie, Opie Special Bears. I'm, I'm with Marcus Aurelius and the Copelands. Yep. Okay. I'm, I, I don't mind one a little bit longer in the market, actually. Dawn, Dawn Parade. Tony Pike trained, Cosiazano. Anyway, mm. put your money where your mouth is here, Louis. Give us one, brother. Give us one that we can follow in for the day. Just one. Zakunda, still. Zakunda. Yesterday, uh, yesterday, Zakunda, I still mentioned Zakunda. It's into $5.50, $2.10 now, so some cash is coming for it, and I still think it's a super chance. I still think you can just take yeah. a bit of that. Um, and in the in the uh, steward sprint, yeah, she's a catch. 
choose a catch down the bottom of the book. Eat trade money again. Well, I know you guys only punt on the nose, not the tail, but... Yeah. 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 Moses is going to get a hiding right now. Uh, good work, Louis. Thank you, Bella. Very Lovely. good. Uh, we'll follow both of those, Akunda and She's a Catch. Much appreciated, my friend. Love Racing. NZ, your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Visit loveracing.nz. They are racing's biggest fan. It is 6.40 here in the morning, and we have got coming up. It's quizzy dag time. So take on the Ismaster, and you can win yourself a $50 bonus bet with TAB. You could even get on Zakunda, and she's a catch straight out of Louis Herman Watts' playbook. Give us a call now on 0800 Quizzy Dag with Ashley and Martin. Regrow your hair. Search Ashley and Martin today. You know what time it is. It's Quizzy Dag. A quiz that keeps on giving like I skip a pass. Louie, Trudy, Kez and Joe not wants to brag. But good luck to our quizzies because the ain't in the bag. Oh, 800-150-811. Now give it a go. Yes, it's back. Quizzy Dag for a Wednesday. Middle of the week. How good was Cut Box? How good was the Cut Box? Trifecta with the top three only so got paid. That is from Cam. How good, Cam? Well done, brother. <laughs> Hope you spend it wisely. Anyway, we got Manny the Pac-Man. Pacquiao on the line. He's going to have a crack at the Quizzy Dag. Morning, Pac-Man. Morena. Morena, brother. Here we go. Here we go. Good, going good, mate. Question number one. What tournament did our mate Michael Venus win with his double partner on Monday? Ah, uh, yeah, no. Got me. No good. Gotcha. Oh, Packy. All good, brother. Have a good one, man. Tim from Christchurch. What's up with this weather, Tim? I thought it was clearing, mate. Yeah, mate. Yeah, it was a bit rubbish yesterday. It was supposed to be 19 degrees yesterday. It was crap. It was terrible, though. How's your head today? A uh, bit rough. <laughs> hey, was it good at Addington? Was it a good day? It was actually, it was actually really good. Like, um, there wasn't much scenery like normal, but uh, there wasn't a bunch of muffins running around <laughs> annoying me either. So it was quite good. Oh, beautiful. I can feel you, mate. Hopefully you didn't see my wife. She was stumbling around somewhere. Anyway. Get on with the quiz, one, you two. Christchurch Knights. <laughs> what, what, to- <laughs> what tournament did our mate Michael Venus win with his doubles partner on Monday? Uh, was it the Paris Masters? Yeah, it was the Paris Masters. Well done. Question number two. At which stadium will the first game of next year's Women's Rugby World Cup be played? Um... Right. Eden Park. Beautiful. Question number three. Who has been named the New Zealand Chief Demission for the 2022 Commonwealth Games? Uh, Nigel Avery. Yes, he's on fire. Timmy from Christchurch. Here we go. Question number two, uh, four, actually. The Warriors will play their first game at Mount Spart Stadium in three years on June the 18th next year against which team? Parramatta, I think. No. Sorry, okay. Timmy. It's not Parramatta, brother. Yeah. Have a cracking day. 
David. David. Morning, morning, David. morning. Morning, David. I haven't heard it, but so I'll have a stab at Brisbane. Brisbane. No, David. Sorry, brother. Have a cracking day, no mate. Worries. Chris from Christchurch. We love a Christchurch caller. Good morning, Chris. What's up? Is it Panthers? It is the Panthers. Well done. Question number five, Chris. To win that 50 bucks, mate. Here we go. Which NBA player has won the most titles in history, winning 11 in 13 years? Three, Will Chambers? Two. Not Will Chambers, sorry. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Alan. Alan from Oi. fucking Tarnay, Alan. Can he make it uh, two in one week? Uh, I don't think Which so. Um, NBA player has won the most titles. Who? Magic Johnson. No, Alan. Sorry, Al. Sorry, Al. <laughs> Dino. Dean. G'day, how you going? Good, Dean. Your time, mate. Which NBA player has won the most titles in history, winning 11 in 13 years? That's uh, Bill Russell. That is Bill Russell. Dino. Well done, mate. Congratulations. Are you going to steer us into a wee winner today? What are you going to go? Uh, I might save it for the weekend, eh? Are you going to save it? Oh, I see how you're feeling. You're not giving Who us tips. Who does that? Who saves that? We give you tips every day, and you're not even going to give us a tip. <laughs> uh, no. Oh, yeah, I don't know yet. I'll have a lot. I'll have a lot. All right. Oh, give us a text, work. mate. Double eight, double three. We're for you. We tip. Congratulations, brother. Have a cracking oh, day. Cheers, <laughs> Back you. to you, Baz Skip McCallum. Good work is unlucky, Al from Fakatane as well. I thought he might get paid again. Anyway, that was Quizzy Dag brought to you by Ashley and Martin. Not happy with your hair loss? Make today your turning point and search Ashley and Martin online. Coming up next, we have got Trudy's World and Joe doing the introduction again. It's Trudy's World. 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 Well, yes, morning, guys. The best intro ever. Abba wants their song back. But, yes, Wacky Wednesday, Hump Day, the 10th of November, uh, just over six weeks till Christmas. What? How did that happen? Retail madness in Auckland today. The shops are opening up. 84 days being shut. People are going to go crazy. The queues outside the malls yesterday. I mean, that. no wonder people outside of the Superthit City think Jaffa's are dicks. I mean, why would you queue the day before at the freaking mall? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just putting it out there. Um, now, question out of the blue, boys. Um, Baz, is it, do you guys play cards? I love a bit of Cards yep. Against yeah. Humanity 500. What do you play, Baz? Uh, 500, yep. Euchre. Nice. Um, anything. Whatever Whatever anyone wants to play. You're in. I love it. Izzy, do you play cards, mate? Yeah, I love those two. Euchre, 500, and I love a little um, poker. Texas nice. Oh, hoping poker topped up. Well, so, yeah, I had this dream last night, and it's really weird. You know how we talked a couple of weeks ago about weird dreams? So, Baz and Izzy were around at my place playing cards. Oh, 
So, oh. so <laughs> that was my dream. And Izzy, your cards were dodgy. They had marks on them, and I questioned you on it. And we were having a look. <laughs> and then my cat in my dream spewed on the carpet. I mean, this is how weird my dream is. <laughs> so, so I don't even have a cat that spews. But anyway, and then we all went outside. Extra people came around, and we had a swim. So there's okay. my dream. Oh, that's all good. So can we look was into I in, why was that's I in Nick, Trudy? Was I in good Nick or what? You're great, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Is he swimming with yes. his t-shirt on or off? I can't actually. Well, that's sort of weird. You know how it starts to go fuzzy and you wake up? But I just thought I have to mention that because why the heck are you guys now popping up into my dreams? Joe and Kez oh, were in the kitchen doing pretty. sausage rolls. Okay, obviously. And you, and, and you weren't there, Ricardo. No. I've known you for 21 years and yeah. you weren't in I'm, my dreams. I was not there. So I was not there. what's going on? Does anyone else Where have were weird you, dreams? Ricardo? I have, I have, I have no idea. I, I was probably at home playing... Um, uh, pick NBA up, you know, pick up five with my daughter or something. You know, like, I've just, I've just taught her that last card. Uh, I've just taught her that game, so that, that's last probably card. where I was. Love it. I was probably playing last but card. Does anyone oh, else have weird dreams, or is it just me? No, no, nah, nah, I have weird dreams, Freddy. I have them. I don't. Yeah, it's amazing when your mind can drift through in your sleep. Um, and you wake up and you, it feels so real. It felt so real, and you're just like, what the. Heck was just that, and I just can't believe we we're in your dream. That's amazing. I know you made what it. What a yeah. story. Um, and a quick story here: a 25-year-old Aussie chick has won one million dollars. So over in Aussie, they're giving away money uh, instead of chickens and and um, like things that we do here. Um, and they're giving away a million bucks, and she's just picked up twenty. Uh, this 25-year-old's won a million dollars. I thought that was pretty cool. We should try that here. Yeah, just for getting jabbed, right? Oh, you yeah, go in the draw. Just for getting jabbed. Wow, that's oh, awesome. A million. A million bucks. Yeah, you can have a sausage roll. Cooked by Kez and Joe. Or a sausage sizzle. <laughs> Joe, do you reckon you'd be able to nail the sausage rolls? Oh, yeah, definitely. I can definitely do the sausage rolls. That's mostly what I eat. Sausage rolls, sausages, uh, uh, Cheerio sausages, anything you want. It's definitely a sausage theme here. <laughs> Moving on. Good work, Joe. Speaking of dreams, I was not capable of dreaming last night. It is coming up 7 a.m. in the morning here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We are craving a McCafe about now, so that means we're off to see, oh, to listen to Trudy again for the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. About that, Joe and Kez were just checking on their burnt sausage rolls in the kitchen. <laughs> How good was that? <laughs> oh, the lads, the lads. Here we go. Here we go. We had a good show so far. Trudy's world, outstanding, Trudy. I'm so happy I was in your in your dreams. How good that? And I, I was hoping I was in Nick too. Very, very good. Swimming in the pool. It's summertime. Shirts off. How good. Love that. Love that. We had a good show so far. Quizzy Dag. Spoke a bit about Aaron Smith. We've had a few text messages coming through. We'll get to those shortly. I'll just reset this out. What we got coming up? We've got the Black Caps versus England in the T20 semi-final redemption time. So we've got Craig Macker McMillan. He's going to join us to pre- preview that match before we hit the fairways at 11 a.m. And uh, down here in Christchurch. Looking forward to that. And then we got Tuffers. You asked. You asked and you shall receive. You want to know why Tuffers has killed the cat? Well, Phil Tufnell is joining the show just after 8 o'clock to talk about England and why he is called the Cat. So looking forward to that. And then we need to celebrate. We need to celebrate Ray Green. Copy that. His family, the great horse, won the great race. Cup Day 2021 down here in Addington. And Blair Orange was driving that horse 
and he drove a really good race there and got people paid. Didn't get me paid, but that's okay. Blair Orange joins us this morning as he, we chat about his second win in the big race, the Cup, and on the great horse coffee that for a great team, Ray Green. Hearing Ray Green's emotional uh, post-match interview with his TAB, it just really hit home why owning a horse what it really means to owners and a special, special industry and something I just can't wait to be a part of. Maybe on a lighter scale, maybe just a little bit smaller than bears <laughs> or probably about <laughs> three quarters smaller than bears, probably about 100 horses smaller than bears, but that's okay. We're going to get in there somehow and have a wee go because it's quite fun. And someone, someone that's having a wee go this week is a good man from Southland. He's a small stable and I'm going to pass it over to Bears. And hopefully we got him on the line there. We got him, Baz? Uh, I'm not sure if he's on the line just yet. Oh, I think he is, yeah. So we're going to go all the way down to Southland. And we're going to catch up with Robert Dennis, who is part of the Dennis dynasty of, of the lower part of New Zealand. They have just dominated the training ranks, the breeding ranks as well, of the thoroughbred industry for a long time down there. It's great to catch up with him. He's a good man, and he's going to talk to us about a couple of his runners, talk to us about his stable. We've got on the line now Robert Dennis. Good morning there, Rob. You good? Yeah, good, boys. How are you? Well, we're pretty excited to have you on the show because we know you've got a couple of runners today, and we're a little bit light in the pocket from yesterday, my friend. So can you steer us into one? Uh, yeah, well, look, I don't come all the way up to Rickland for no reason. Um, so I'd like to think I've bought two <laughs> decent chances. Yes. The gift. Beautiful. The gift, mate. The, the gift. How's that? How's the gift tracking? Oh, I had a wee look at the gift today. It's paid 6 and you spoke about it. You don't come all this way for nothing. How's the gift's preparations been? And and uh, you you expecting a good race from the gift? Oh, well, I see she opened at $9. So I think there's a few people Ooh. out there expecting a good race from her. Um Look, she's, she raced only eight days ago, um, but she did this last season as well, backed up eight days, the middle day of cup week, and she won. Um, she looks to have come through a run really well, and I would say her her last field she was up against was an open handicap. She carried half a kilo more, and I think it was a stronger field. So um, the only sticky part could be her barrier draw. Uh, she's out in 14. But Christian Madhu rides her, and he knows her well. Um, she usually presses forward, and hopefully she'll be out of trouble from that barrier anyway. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for a good run. Six fifty sounds pretty good money. Every time you line them up, mate, they're always there or thereabouts, aren't they? I guess that's the, the, the nature of being able to have a slightly smaller stable as well and pay real attention to each horse. So how many have you got in the stable? Uh, there's about 15 or 16 has, has been the max this season um, and yeah as you say it, it, it's yeah hands-on attention to um, to each individual horse um, you get to know each one and their characteristics and and notice when they're you know one or two percent off hopefully and, and can improve on those small increments and, and that whereas bigger stables those little things may get overlooked just talk to us a little bit as well, like your um, style of training, I guess, um, off the farm rather than sort of some of those bigger stables. Just give us a little bit of an insight into into how you work. Yep. Uh, so first of all, we usually start with the daylight. Um, so there's no getting up at 3 a.m., 2.30 a.m., Jamie Richards. Um, uh, yeah, start with the daylight, 
Um, nice, quiet environment. We work them around the paddocks. The only thing they usually have to worry about is, is a few sheep in the paddock next door um, or a few cattle next door, but they get used to that pretty quickly. So they're nice and relaxed in their work and after their work. Uh, there's not, you know, 50 other horses out on the track at, at once with them. Uh, then they come in, finish their work, and then they get about two, three, four hours, depending on the weather, out in their own grass paddock each day. Um, after a race, they they get plenty of grass into them too, which I think is really important. It helps their guts and, and helps them uh, keep eating after a race and recover well. Hey, uh, Rob Ricardo here, mate. The boys have just uh, gone offline for a moment. They can't hear you, so uh, I'll, I'm just going to pick it up for a moment here. Um Nick, you've uh, you've had you've had a great run recently. I know you you, you did well at Wingatui recently. You've trained three winners at uh, at a meet three different times in your uh, in your training career, mate. What's uh, when you approach a meet like that that you're so successful at? What what's the secret to that? And how how do you how do you prepare when you've got so many different horses to look after? Oh, look, well, that that's happened. Yeah, three times as you say now. It's all happened in the all three times it's happened in the spring. Um, so those plans, you know, those races are generally targeted way back in June, July, August when those horses come into work. Um, and especially when the stake money's up, like big days, Melbourne Cup Day this week, I really put a, a ring around those meetings because it's pretty important to get a return to the owners. Um, so, yeah, target the better stake money and, and pick out some good races is usually the plan. Hey mate, uh, Sizzy here. I just want to ask you a question. What what's your aspirations as a trainer? What what's the ultimate goal uh, for you? What does the future look like for Rob Dennis? Oh, that's a great question. You know, when I was a little bit younger, I kind of wanted to be a Chris Waller and be really big and and have lots of horses and lots of owners and win lots of races. Um, but <laughs> I mean, the smaller size stable seems to be working well for me. Um, I really would uh, would like to train for some high profile owners. Unfortunately, I had to turn one down that you know just a couple <laughs> of days ago. Um, you know that that was that would have been pretty cool. And I, I do train already for a few high profile owners, which for a young guy like me, um, is yeah pretty exciting to to get them on board and and have them show a bit of trust in me and faith in me. Um, but yeah, look, I mean. I've got over 150 owners, and at this stage, it's just to keep winning races. Um, target mm. black type, the gifts in a group three today, get a good return to the owners, and, I mean, they have a they get a massive thrill out of winning races. And, yeah, we've, we've been winning our fair share lately, so it's been going well. well you're just going to have to persevere with me for just a little second here, team. I'm going to tell you a bit of a story about what Robert Dennis can do to uh, a racehorse as well. So I had a horse which had had 17 starts that had run second seven times. I paid $100,000 for it, sold it for $14,000. It went south down to Rob's stable. Did it win its first start? Didn't win its first start, did it? It won its second start. Yeah, she ran second first up, uh, beaten by a good horse called Lightning Jack. Yeah, and then how many races did you end up winning with? Out of the Park was what the horse was called. Yep, uh, seven starts for four wins, including a track record at Wingatui and a Group 3 breeder's stake at Rickerton. <laughs> there you go. So, so I turned 100 into 14 real quick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Rob turned 14 into probably about 200 just as quick. So, yeah, so if you want to... 
if you want to find a way to improve a horse, send it down to Rob down there in Southland. But you can't get in at the moment. Trying to get one to him at the moment, but nah, stable's full, he said. The shop the shop window's full. But what any aspirations, mate, to um to increase the size of your stable and, and what are the what are the challenges why you can't? Oh look, staff is number one. Um I know it's hard all over the country, but it's particularly hard right down there in Southland. Um, you know, good good riders are few and far between and I can understand as well why it's not an attractive industry to a lot of people. It, it can be long hours and it can be hard work. Uh, it can also be very rewarding. Um, so that's, yeah, that's a, a big issue. And I mean, to be honest, I think we, we're getting a little bit forgotten about down in South and in Otago as well um, with the, the recent reforms. And, and I think there's going to be more coming. Um, so it, it's getting, you know, we're facing a few more headwinds. Things are getting a little bit more challenging. Um, so in terms of building some more infrastructure and that kind of thing, I, I almost can't justify it at this stage uh, without some guarantees on the future down there. How do you get that over the line, mate? How do we guarantee and, and sort out that future? What what needs to happen for for you, Rob? Well, I guess the, um, you know, they've, they've got to give us a bit more confidence. But, uh, I'm here at Ricketer now. They've just put the synthetic track in here and they're going to start racing on it soon um, and I mean really what they want a guy like me to do is to move up here to Rickerton and train from here um, but look, both, most of my owners are based in Southland um, you know well over 100 and they love it down there, they love being able to go and watch their horses um, and yeah as I say I've been turning, turning more down lately um, so there is plenty of enthusiastic people down there and and plenty of good trainers too. Um, so yeah, I guess they they kind of just need to really recognise that and, and you know come up with some sort of plan for us to give us some confidence mm. going forward in the future. Yeah, nice mate. Well, make sure you um, free up a spot about March next year, maybe maybe April. I mean, April I might buy a horse, and sounds like you're the man to go to. So I'll send one down your way, Rob. Hey mate, uh, just a quick thing before we let you go, we got a text message on the on the text line from Pac-Man. He asked us about the chosen one. Any update after the Melbourne Cup on the chosen one? Uh, all I know is, yeah, he went, he went really well again. Um, you know, no means feats are running three Melbourne Cups in a row. Um, all I know is yeah. he was he was back in New Zealand either a day or two after the race. Um, yeah, that's out of out of my realm a bit. I'm concentrating on on my group of horses and and that. Yeah, just flick the TV on when he's racing and have a look, but. It's up to Murray and Andrew, not me. Yeah. <laughs> sure is. Hey, mate, um, so you got the ready-to-run sales uh, almost upon us, and you've got the yearling sales, which have now been pushed for, uh, pushed back to March. Do you go to those kind of sales and, and look to look to invest for owners, or, or you sort of you, you kind of wait for the horses to be bred down there and, and passed on to you? Are you looking to go there and unload? Uh, no, look, I've, I've bought um, three or four yearlings, the last couple of years now and I've had clients buy another couple two, couple of three um, the ones I've bought I've syndicated I bought two at Caracas in January um, and when I sent the email out to my existing owners I think they're all full up fully syndicated in under 24 hours both of them um, so yeah, no I definitely go there and I, I pick the eyes out of them a bit, you know, I've spent a bit of time going around and trying to find a good bargain, um, find a nice filly that's going to grow into 
a good horse with a with a good pedigree, and if you can pick up a bit of, a bit of black spots, then make them a valuable proposition. Um, so yeah, no, I definitely go to the sales and and then syndicate them afterwards. So <clears throat> one one last thing, mate, before we do let you go. Racing's been a part of your family for for generations now. Like all the horses have as well. What is it which which is so special to you guys, to your family, about the horse industry? That's a pretty big question, I guess. Um, I, I guess the brothers have been breeders, owners, trainers, and, and I've gained a lot of um, satisfaction out of kind of doing it all themselves, um, you know, getting a mare and foal and then raising that foal, um, training that horse to win a race and, and win a big race. And, I mean... It is really satisfying to see them through like that. Um, you can't really beat the winning feeling. For me personally, um, yeah, uh, I just love winning races. It's so exciting and it's so satisfying, especially when you get a, a project horse that might have been a bit of bit of a headache or a bit of hard work. Um, or likewise, when you break one in from a young horse and then see it develop and grow and, and uh, turn into a, a decent race horse, it's, it's so satisfying and and just seeing the excitement the owners get as well. I mean, um, it almost brings a tear to my eye sometimes when you see them at the races after winning a race. They they just love it. Yeah, mate, I got that feeling yesterday watching uh, Ray Green. Ray Green and copy that when he got interviewed after the cup win and seeing the emotion in his eyes and, and on his face. It was a very special time and something I'd love to be a part of. Hey, uh, before we let you go, Rob, I just want to quickly ask you, Saturday, Saturday, have you got something apart from the gift this today, something later in the week that you can steer us into that's your best chance? Uh, I think I'm going to have three line up on a Saturday. Um, I know Baz was on Savazar Saturday, just gone, and she was quite unlucky. Um, and she oh. flew home. She'll be, she'll be coming back up, stepping up to 2,000 metres for the, for the Saturday. Um so look, she seems to have come through a race well. And I see, I'd, I'd like to think she's going to go well again this Saturday. Savazar. Savazar on Saturday. Awesome, mate. Well, congratulations for having a couple of races today and later in the week. We really appreciate your time. Rob Dennis out of the Southland Stables, mate, doing great things. Thanks so much for your time. And uh, hopefully we can get you on the show again and talk some more horses. Sounds pretty good. Cheers, boys. He was awesome, Bez. Champion. Champion oh, bloke. Pedigree too, mate. Just pedigree in the game. Like he's been around horses his entire life, his generations of of, uh, mm. of their family, which are just deeply rooted in, in the in the thoroughbred game and just a a sound horseman, you know, like just knows what he's doing. He's travelled abroad as well and, and and sort of um got some further education just outside of um his uh his family down there, and he can improve a horse. I'll give you the tip. And then just that attention to detail, small stable, and his ability to be able to just, um, you know, assess each horse and, and take care of them. And you can almost hear the pride in his voice as well, that that's mm. what he loves doing. Love being able to take on a project and, and be able to make it work. And, yeah, he's a, he's a very, very good trainer, young trainer, but a very good trainer doing great things down there in Southland. And, and let's hope he gets more opportunity and we see him grow and for those who follow the horses in, the gift is $6.50 and $2.40. So have a little bit on that. Savazar was an absolute certainty beat the other day. So be, be, 
backing up on Saturday, so you might be able to follow your money and then and get paid. It is 7.20 in the morning here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Plenty more coming up shortly. Big thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Yeah, good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It's 25 minutes past 7 in the morning on Wednesday, the 10th of November. Great to have Rob Dennis on. How good was he out of a Southland uh, stable down south there? Only a small stable, but he's got some good winners today. Maybe a potential winner. The Gift. The Gift. $6.50. Race 6. At Rickerton today, that's a goodie. And then Saturday, Savazar. Savazar. Baz has been on that one. It's a goodie. It might go right. Just got pipped last time out. So that's a good one. I've got a great question here. Great text message coming through from Paddy and Christchurch. Hey, lads, could you organise to talk to a pacer, trotting trainer, and a thoroughbred trainer and actually break down the basics and how they train them? Like a human athlete, you can tell them to lower their tackle height or keep a higher front elbow when playing the drive, but how to tell a horse to jump well or hold something back for the final furlong or how to make a horse trot, etc. Cheers. That is a fascinating one. Baz, you... You got any inkling? You've been in the training game for a while and breeding game. You, it is a great question. How do you get them? You know, especially at the start when they're in the gates. Like how to keep them calm in there? Because especially the ones that go on first and the favourite tends to go on last. You know, how do you yeah, keep them calm or get them used to being in those confines? That obviously just habit of nature, habit of doing things and and doing it all the time. You get used to it, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been in the I've been in the owning game and the breeding game, but there's what we're talking about here from Patty is a bit more of the horsemanship game. <laughs> and that, that's something I don't have any real idea about. Um we should maybe we should ask those questions when we get yeah. you know, trainers on and and uh and that's horsemen good. on. We'll get them we'll we'll ask them. We'll just say, Well, how do you actually train the horse? What do you do? I suppose everyone's different. They, I think a lot of the time, they depending on where the where the horse is at in its um, career, they'll are they trying to get them fit? Are they trying to get some sort of miles into their legs? Are they trying to get them to tighten up weight wise? Um, I think feed's really important as well. Um, various trainers use different methods as well, whether they swim them or they'll take them to the beach or or whether they'll put them on the the walker or the water walker at home. There's there's various different tactics, I guess, and that's you know that's that's part of of the game. But it is a fascinating kind of uh, question. I guess the only way you can really answer that is by going to a stable, is is getting the opportunity to go to a stable, get up at three, four in the morning, and head down to one of the stables and and see if you can just mm. sort of observe how they go about things. But it is a fascinating question. My horses at home is. They kind of just they eat when we feed them, you know. Like we feed them about nine thirty in the morning and feed them about five o'clock at night. Go down there, give mm-hmm. them a little sort of, you know, bit of hard feed, and and they're happy just sort of mewling around in the in the paddocks. But yeah, we're, we're certainly not training horses as such. See, that's, how would you train that's a horse? The, that's the detail, eh? That's the detail there. Like it, it, it's not just chucking them in the paddock and just letting them chomp away all day is it is it structured feeding structured times when they go out and have a walk everything's really structured when you're when you're a trainer or even an owner when you're breeding horses is that right 
yeah, well, they're creatures of habit for sure. Yeah, they like routine and and, and they like mm. structure. Um, so you need to try and be as consistent as what you possibly can with that. And then you, you know, all you're trying to do is have happy horses, right? Um, that's yep. as as someone who spells horses on their farm. Um, you know, you try and make sure they don't get too fat, make sure they don't get too skinny. You just keep an eye on on that and and make sure they've got good clean fresh water and and good pasture and then give them a bit of love and attention every now and then that's kind of that's that's what we do anyway doesn't i think that's right i'm not really sure they seem happy Mm. i don't know it's a bit different to cows (laughs) yeah well let's be honest my cow yeah clean water for cows yeah my my water's clean yeah, yeah, it's real clean. I uh, cleaned it out the other day. But no, that's good, mate. That's good. We uh, we love those little <laughs> questions. A great text message there from Patty in Christchurch about that, and we will make sure we get that. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow when we get Steve Marsh on. Steve and Marsh on, mate. He's uh, He's got a few. He had a few good winners yesterday, and he's got a few coming up this week too. So we'll maybe get that question to him. How do you train the horse, horses, those finer details, jumping? being calm and and the gates, starting gates, things like that, just when they're travelling, even the travel, because these horses travel for a long periods of time, you know, keeping them calm in there. So looking forward to chatting to him, maybe potentially in the week, Baz will do a bit into his contact book and, and get Steve Marsh on the line. But anyway, coming up, coming up after the break, we're going to get to Craig McMillan. We're going to talk a bit of the Black Caps as they face off against England in that T20 semi-final redemption time but right now it's time for trudy and the news for kubota together we are shaping and building new zealand good stuff thanks trudy uh adding on to that uh that sports news i saw something yesterday in the nba that um, got me thinking uh, nikola Jokic, who's a star for uh, the denver nuggets was hit late by uh, Keith Morris from the heat. He passed the ball, he got a shoulder to the ribs that were exposed, and he reacted. Uh, Morris stepped away and, and Jokic gave him a decent shunt in the back. Now, Jokic gets ejected for that, Morris doesn't. So, Baz, Izzy, I want you to think about this, we'll come back to you shortly uh, to get your answer on it, but the biggest wind-up merchants you ever met playing the game, and how did you keep your heads and not get sucked into it? Uh, we'll hear from Baz and Izzy after this on that one. Is SENZ, uh, Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Call any time on Kenotai phone line 0800 150811. It is 7.39. Baz, Izzy, asked you before um, about Nikola Jokic um, getting wound up by Keith Morris, uh, the biggest wind-up mm. merchants you guys have come up against, and how'd you keep your call, cool, oh. or, or did you? Um, my, my, I think I've spoken about this. These guys were absolutely irritating, irritating. They got on my nerves. And no, I didn't keep my call. I got drifted off the game. Um, so it had to be TJ and Corey Jane out of the Hurricanes just really got right under my skin and would just really annoy me. They wouldn't do anything, like, grubby. But just the, what comes out of their mouth are very witty, very witty kind of guys. So they just have a wee dig, have a wee dig, and... Um, just really got under my skin. We didn't fight. We didn't do anything, but just, just really mouthy. So those two for me will be the mouthy ones. What about you, Bears? Yet anyone that just try to chip you? Although they all chip in cricket, surely. Uh, well, everyone has a. Mecca would have been a chipper, eh? Yeah, 
Macca was a good chapel. We might ask him a little bit about that as well in a sec yeah. when we get him on. I think he's not too far away, but I think the most abuse I've had is since we've been on here and about my, my own horses. <laughs> my <tipping. laughs> I think there was one here before. So Tabata cost me $2,800 because she didn't run in the top three. And what, what's that? Morning, guys. Tabata would have made me just over $2,800 if she had run in the top four. In my 10-leg multi, oh. Barry. Oh. Barry, you are oh. greedy. <laughs> 10 legs. <laughs> Who takes a 10-leg multi and expects it to come in? Oh. So probably that would... Uh, most abuse has been since we've been on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ about, about horses. But uh, anyway, a man who does know a little bit about the banter on a cricket field. He was... Well, he used to be the New Zealand... The Black Caps batting coach. He was and the golf course. A mate. wielder of the willow, as you've written it in here, <laughs> Ricardo, which I quite like, of some repute. He's also a very fine man, a wonderful individual. He's a fellow Spark Sport commentator, and he's playing golf with us in a few days. Well, are you playing today against him as well, I think, is. And it's Craig McMillan. Yep. Good morning, Macca. What an intro. Morning, boys. How things? <laughs> Well, I'm a little bit rough actually this morning, if I'm being totally honest, uh, Mac. As you you know me well enough to understand, yesterday was a big day, cup day, so just got got the balance of things slightly wrong. But it's great to speak to you, mate, and to talk to you about how the Black Caps are going over and over in uh, the UAE. They've been it's been a fascinating ride so far. And what are your thoughts on on uh, how they're going to go in the semi final? Well, I think they're tracking the right way, Baz. I think they've been really impressive on a number of counts. I think each game they've actually improved and got better. I think um, all their key players have performed at some stage, have found some form. Um, and I think that they're just tracking in the right direction when you're heading into a semi-final. So I've been pretty impressed with how they've gone. I think the bowling unit's doing a good job. Um, Salve and Bold have been good at the top. Adam Milne's added some extra pace to the attack, and the spinners have done a good job. So... All in all, I think they're in good health and they should be very confident heading into the semi-final against England. Hey, Macca, is he here, mate? <clears throat> Looking forward to having a wee dabble with you today on the golf course, Clearwater. But, um, <laughs> mate, talk to us about England. Well, if you're the Black Caps, how do you attack a game when you're playing against England? What's the plan heading in? Um, you've got fast bowlers, spinners there, would, and the toss hasn't been a real major factor as of late. What would you be your plan of attack to attack an England side that has been pretty impressive throughout this tournament? Morning, as you say, here, yeah, England are a dangerous side. And they're dangerous because they keep attacking. They keep coming hard at you. Mm. They go at one pace. So they never back off. They keep coming. And that's just the way they play under the captaincy of Owen Morgan, which Baz will know a lot about. I think the key to playing England is that, um, obviously, when they bat, if you can pick up Josh Butler early, um, I think they'll probably throw Beth over the top. He worries me because he plays well against New Zealand and has been very consistent, a uh, bit of a thorn in our side for a number of years. But if you can keep picking up wickets, so in many ways you have to keep attacking England. Um, even though they're going to keep coming hard, hard at you, you've got to keep attacking them to put them off stride. And, and I think if New Zealand can do that and continue the way they've played in the last two or three games, then they can really they can upset England and they can put them off um, the game a little bit. Mate, they've been dealt a fair few injuries. Jason Roy's the one as of late. Who's the pressure on? Who's all the pressure on leading into this crucial semi-final for you? 
Well, I sort of hear about England's injuries, and it's sort of like Crimea River, boys. I mean, we lost Lockie Ferguson at the start of the tournament, who's, you know, our, let's be honest, he's our best T20 bowler, and, and we're not mentioning that or talking about that. So, please, Crimea River, you've got a couple of injuries. Um, every team has them during the tournament. But I think it's fair to say, and Badger will probably agree, Jason Roy, losing Jason Roy at the top of the order is big for them because he really does set the momentum um, with the bat at the top. So that's good for New Zealand. Um, the pressure's on England. I mean, the way they've performed um, throughout the tournament, mm. they were certainly one of the favourites going into the tournament, probably with India, top two sides. Um, they obviously lost their last game to South Africa, so um, so they're under a little bit of pressure there. So I think New Zealand don't have a lot of pressure on their shoulders, but I just think it's a good match-up. I look at the other semi-final, and I think of the three teams that are in the semis, um, I would rather be playing England than Pakistan or Australia right at this stage. Yeah, mate, I couldn't agree more with you, actually. I think England, with those two injuries, like they have been severely hampered, but it's mainly their firepower at the top of the order. Like They've, they've lost that one guy who can really land a blow on you um, right up the top. One, one question I really wanted to know from you, Matt, uh, did you see the Daryl Mitchell to the top of the order coming at all before this tournament? No, I didn't, Baz. And sort of looking at the way New Zealand have gone through this tournament, you have to say that they made a couple of big calls already, haven't they? And that was yeah. the first one because I think we all saw Devin Conway at the top with his performances for New Zealand last summer. And, and really, you wouldn't expect there to be any change there because he performed so well. And then you've got a left and right-hand combination, which a lot of sides like as openers, don't they? But um, you have to say that I don't know who made that decision or where it came from, but it was a brave one, and, and so far it's worked pretty well. And then I guess they made the decision to change the balance with leaving Tim Sighted out and bringing in the extra bowler, which I think's actually added to the group. So they made a couple of big calls, and, and I think that's impressive that during the tournament, you know, sometimes you just have to tweak here and there because conditions change against your opposition. You do actually have to be flexible, and New Zealand have done that, which shows, I guess, again, what we know about New Zealand is they're a smart side. And we've, we have to be smart because we don't have the resource and perhaps the firepower that some other sides have. So we just have to be a little bit flexible. And I, I think the captains led well from the front. And, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a cracker between these two sides. And it's been a couple of years in waiting, hasn't it, since we last faced off in a white yeah. ball match. So um, there's plenty of expectation, <laughs> I'm sure, from both countries. Yeah, just, just on that, mate. So you talk about the smarts of New Zealand and, and Kane Williamson as captain as well. It's quite remarkable, the ability to continue to be there or thereabouts in tournament play in these World Cups, whether it's one-day World Cup, T20 World Cup now, even Test Championship. What is it about the New Zealand side, which you mentioned that they're not the most resourced team around the world, but they just continue to be able to front up and perform and give themselves a chance. What is it which separates them? Well, I think a lot of work goes on behind the background, and I have to give some credit to the coaching staff there because um, you know they look at everything from every angle. They really do. Um, and I think when I look at some of the other sides, I don't think perhaps they put the time and effort um, in that they need to to some areas. And conditions are a big thing. We saw at the 2019 World Cup, you know, heading into that World Cup, a lot of teams are scoring 300 plus, and and the talk was there's going to be big scores, but it actually with the conditions um, and the time of year at that World Cup, 240, 250 was actually a winning total that you needed to get your head around. So there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes that gets taken on board by the players. I think they're very resourceful in the way they go about 
the data that they get given. Um, and for me, Baz, there's no ego. You know, they have that flexibility that they, they don't get stuck saying, we can only play this way. New Zealand, to me, are the most flexible, um, innovative side in world cricket. And I think they're certainly the most consistent cricket side when you just mentioned the three different formats and the performances at the World Cups and one-day cricket, test cricket, and obviously now T20 cricket as well. I've heard a lot, uh, Mac, about the conditions and sides have been able to adapt to their conditions a lot better and, and the toss was hugely important heading into this tournament, but I felt as of late hasn't been a big factor. Who out of the t- these last four, who out of these last four are favourites and who has the ability or who has adapted to the conditions the best from your, what you've seen so far? Well, obviously, I think New Zealand have done pretty well at the top of the list there. Is I think one of the good things for New Zealand is they're playing at Abu Dhabi, which is a ground that they know well. Of. Um, we had some success here a few years back. We beat Pakistan in a test series at that ground. So um, a majority of the players are in this T20 side were on that tour. So it's a ground that they've played quite a bit of cricket at. Um, they know well. They enjoy playing there. Um, there's some a good Kiwi presence um, in Abu Dhabi as well. Um, in terms of the top four, look, um, Australia always worry me. I mean, they were pretty awful at the start mm. of the tournament. But there's just something about Australia. They've got big match players. They've got um, World Cup winners in that side. Um, Pakistan have been impressive, only unbeaten side. But um, if I was picking a final from the four teams that we've got at the moment, I think it could well be a trans-Tasman clash, which I think mm. would be um, <laughs> enticing and exciting for everyone. <laughs> Yeah, oh, mate, I couldn't agree more with you, Macca. Yeah, I've been picking that, haven't I? Is I've been, yeah. I've been saying New Zealand Australia final, um, mate. So what about today? There's, there's obviously a huge game going over, going on over in um, the UAE, but there's another massive game going on today on the links down in Christchurch. How, how's your golfing form, mate? Every Wednesday there is best. It's, um, it's the talk of the week. Um, well, the talk is that some guy who hasn't been there for about two months is apparently coming out with a moon boot thinking that he's going to be good enough <laughs> to rock up and, and take some of the cash <laughs> off the boys. So, so everyone's looking forward to seeing, um, seeing that bloke turn up today and seeing what he's got. So, so I get oh, the benefit of being no able worry. to see is in his studio, Mac, um, down the line here. And since 6 a.m. Yeah. this morning, he's had his wedge and he's just been chipping his way around his, his studio. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he's ready for you, mate. He's ready to take you on, aren't you? I've got a plan. Well, so I've got a plan. The driver, when I'm driving, I'll use the moon boot. When I'm putting, I take it off. So I'm just on and off, on and off, man. I've got, I've got a good plan for you, Mecca. I love taking money from you, too. Yeah, well, that doesn't happen that often. And to be fair, it's no surprise you've had the wedge tank because... That is the weak part of your game. You drive at 400 and then chip at 30. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing, um, seeing if that's improved over the last couple of weeks. Uh, right. Oh, We're going to get a wash-up tomorrow. I want to I wanna know the, the scores tomorrow. Who who took the money off who? It's been great to talk to you, okay. Macca, as always. Incredibly insightful. Good fun. Thanks heaps for joining us, mate, on, on yeah, Baz and Izzy Breakfast as well. So much appreciated, Mac. Thanks, boys. My pleasure. Oh, that is, is Craig so McMillan, funny. of course, yeah. former Black Cat, former Black Caps batting coach and absolute champion bloke and fellow Spark Sport commentator. He's going to take Izzy's money this afternoon. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SNZ at 7.52 in the morning. Plenty more shortly.
Yeah, good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Great to have Craig McMillan on. Macca, he's good chat. Yes, I do drive it 400 metres. And yes, I do chip it 30 because that's all that's left <laughs> in the hole, mate. Come on, Mac. <laughs> Gonna take your money today. Gonna take it all. But anyway, we've got a few texts on the line. I'll read a few. It won't be a great look for the group and culture, so he will train and watch this week and be a major part of the group for next week when we pump the French and finish the season on the high. That is from the unknown Texas. That is about Aaron Smith heading over to Ireland to rejoin the All Blacks. So he won't be a part of this week. He'll be in there next week. Great little one there. And then we've got one from Kiwi Brent from Brisbane. Aaron Smith, total professional, presuming Brad Weber is injured. So start with TJ, then Nagy finishes. That is from Brent, yes. Could be an option there, Brent. Thank you very much for that text message. Also got a bit of another one here from uh, Rob, uh, Hi Bears and Izzy. That interview with Robbo Dennis was brilliant. So insightful. Get him back on. Yeah, he was outstanding, Rob Dennis. So we'll definitely get him back on. And maybe ask him that question. The details, the finer details about training horses. What else we got here? Lads, I took a 12-leg rugby multi over the weekend with the black caps thrown in as well. He came in. Happy days, Taylor from Southland. Oh. Taylor from Southland to a 12-leg rugby multi. Would you win? That would have been a goodie. This is a bit odd, though, because then it's got Ian at the bottom. So is Must it Ian be. or is it Taylor? Someone else's phone. Someone else's phone. Well, if you've got a 12-leg multi, surely you win? your own phone. <laughs> What'd you win? <laughs> What'd you get? That is cool. Ian, Ian Taylor. Ian Taylor from Southland. There you go. That is Ian Taylor from Southland. We got that one sorted. He got a 12-leg multi. What would you win, Ian? How good is that? Also, this one, Baz, Trans-Tasman final, paying $4.48. Is that a good bet, or is that some good odds, or what? Ooh, intriguing. Intriguing. That is That's from good. Matt, too. That is from Matt. How good is that? I reckon I'm going to get a piece of that. Anyway, coming up after the break, we're going to talk to Phil Tufnell. The cat, how good is he? But right now, we're off to track down some McCafe coffees. Well, I've got mine. Sorry, Baz, I've got mine right here. And here's <laughs> Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Zed. Yeah, good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It's Wednesday, the 10th of November, a day after Cup Day. And, well, the mail run, the mail run on the app has just started. 8 till 10 on the, in the morning. Louis Herman Watt, Mike McGarren, and Ray Green. Ray Green is the trainer of Copy That. Copy That won the Cup yesterday afternoon great win so he's got some great guests throughout the morning if you want to tune into that download the app and click on the mail run 8 to 10 Mick Guerin and Louis Herman Watt they'll be taking you through for two hours to talk about everything yesterday and coming up this week on Cup Week so good work Louis Herman Watt uh, what do we got coming on the show we got wow we got Blair Orange we spoke about Ray Green the trainer Blair Orange ro- drove the horse drove the horse yesterday copy that in the race that stops the nation, Addington, race 11, 5.50pm, when he got his second win on copy that Blair Orange drove for his second cup win, and he's going to join us about 8.40am this morning as we head off into another day, into a golfing day. So looking forward to that. Who do we have? We have Macca on, Craig Macca McMillan, and he previewed the Black Cats when they take on 
England in that redemption game. He gave us his little take. If you missed that, make sure you download the app and go to Baz and Izzy for Breakfast Podcast. He gave us who he thinks will be in the final and who has been best adapted to these conditions that are constantly spoke about over in the UAE. The conditions play a big, big part. So he gave us his great take. We also had Rob Dennis on. Rob Dennis is a trainer from Southland in a small stable, and he's got a he's got a runner today. And Rob said he doesn't bring horses anywhere unless they're going to win, unless they're going to win. So he gave us a wee sh- uh, steer into something today. If you missed that, well, you're going to have to go download the, uh, the app and the podcast to get that wee tip because that's the last time we're going to say it. I'm on it, I'm on it, and he's got one on Saturday too that Baz is back before. But right now, it is time. Davo is messaging Davo here. Can we now ask Phil how he got his nickname? And I'm going to pass it over to you, Baz. <laughs> Thank you, mate. And we're going to talk cricket. And when we do talk cricket, we talk Razine, the paint that professionals use. Well, the man on the phone, we're going to, he's going to join us in just a second. But what an absolute champion he is. He is called the Cat. And he is a very, very good man. I had the privilege of travelling New Zealand with him filming a wonderful TV show, which you can catch on Netflix. Yes, we are Netflix stars, the cat and myself, over there in the UK. Oh, my word, we had some fun. Former English cricketer, very esteemed broadcaster, a reality TV star, superstar, I should say. And he's going to join us in just a sec. But for now, it's time for this. That's six more. That's beautifully timed. He absolutely pummeled that. Baz and Izzy are talking cricket, thanks to Rosine, New Zealand's most trusted paint brand for the past 10 years. Good morning, Phil. How's the cat this morning? Baz, how are you, mate? Nice to hear your voice, pal. How's it going? How's it going? Oh, it's fabulous. As soon as you started speaking, I could see Izzy down the line and he just jumped up. He loves your voice. He just gets enthused by it. Izzy, you rip yeah. straight into it. I know you got questions for the cat. Oh, the Go cat. On. The cat. Yeah. How are you, bud? How you been? We spoke to you a while ago. <laughs> How you been tracking, mate? Give us a row again. I've been... I've been, I've been doing very well, been doing very well, very excited, very excited for tomorrow. And just, I'd just like to thank you, Baz, as well. I mean, you did show me a wonderful time around your beautiful country. I didn't appreciate getting thrown out of the aeroplane very much, though, or getting slung <laughs> off of that bridge in Queenstown. That wasn't too much fun, but everything else was wonderful. Couldn't have done it with a better fella. Thanks, mate. Oh, mate, I totally agree the other way as well. We had such a good time, and I do apologise for doing that. It's one of the bravest things I've seen, actually, is you taking on that task of jumping (laughs) off the bridge, doing that bungee jump down there at Nevis in Queenstown. Oh, my God, my word, I know. I'm still recovering from it, I tell you. I'm still recovering from it. It was was terrifying. I think I fainted half the way down. I I just, oh, man, but um, it it was great fun. It was great fun. The golf hasn't improved, though, mate. That's the only trouble. Yeah, no, mine's no good either. I'll tell you what I particularly enjoyed is when we we started making our our way back to Queenstown and we found that little microbrewery just off to the side. We just pulled in and got ourselves a little six-pack. Yeah. Well, they, glorious, they said it? that the beer tastes better once you've done one of those kind of things, and it, and it kind of does. It <laughs> kind of goes to the parts other beers can't reach. 
Uh, mate, what's going on? Before we talk cricket, what's going on over here, over yeah. there? You you up to much? How's family? How's the Duchess? Yeah, the Duchess is in fine form, mate. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, no, all good, as you say. Just getting ready for tomorrow now, the big semi-final. Uh, looking forward to it. It's going to be a great game. England in great form. Um, I think we're going to break your hearts, but you never know. Oh. We might not. You know what I mean? We could. You might be able to pull a surprise out of somewhere. You know what I mean? We got a couple of injuries and all kind of things going on, but oh. we, we're a good side. We got so much depth over here, mate, in the old white ball game. Butler, Bearstow, you know, all these kind of guys smashing it around. Rashid Moeen's bowling well. Jordan, we're just, we're just uh, right up there at the moment, mate. I tell you, we are flying. Mate, you've, you've been ridiculed with injuries. You've come out, you're very, very confident. You, you think England, obviously losing Jason Roy at the top, that's a big loss. Can they get through that? Um, it is a big loss, losing Jason Roy. I mean, I think Bearstow's probably just going to slip up to open and perhaps a Sam Billings or someone coming in the middle order. Uh, James Vince is over there as well. Another fantastic uh, white ball cricketer, won the 100, the new competition that was over here in the summer as well, and mm. captained that very well. So we've got plenty of depth there. The one loss that I am thinking that might might just give you a little sniff is Tim Old Mills being injured. Mm. Um, fantastic T20 bowler, bowls beautifully at the death, can bowl you 90 mile an hour um, sort of balls that whiz past your nose, and then these great out the back of the hand, slower balls and stuff. I think he is sort of like economy-wise the best boy to have in your team, I think, you know, at the back end of the uh, of the inning. So his injury will hurt, but I think we've still got just enough. You know, we agree on a lot of things, but we, we might disagree on this because I think we're going to absolutely <laughs> pants your cat. I reckon the boys are going <laughs> to come out. They're going to be too How resourceful. Are you it, <laughs> <laughs> we haven't got enough it? bowlers. I, I, well, you're a bowler short. Well, no, that's right. We are a bowler short. So there's our David Willey might be popping in. Who knows? Who knows? So we don't, we don't know. I've been keeping me ear to the ground, and I think they're going to go. I think they're going to go with Bearstow and Billings, and then just try and make up those little bits and pieces with the ball. But uh, yeah, it's a re- it's a battle of the the uh, um, our our strength in batting and your strength in the bowling. So it's going to be interesting to see. It's got those set those matchups: Bolton Salvi versus Butler and Bearstow, Guptill versus Moen Alley. Will Morgan put Moen Alley the bowl? So he's been bowling beautifully in those power plays. So uh, there's so many little battles going on. It's going to be it's going to be a great game. Can't wait for it tomorrow. I'm going up to the to the BBC and going to be doing the commentary on it. So uh, it's going to be fantastic. Beautiful. Oh, that's the that's the World Cup semi-final. I agree with you around the Bolton Southie challenge for your top order too. It is going to be a fascinating yeah. game, and both two very very good teams. What about mate? Are you gonna are you coming out to Australia to do the Ashes, or were you doing anything in uh, regards no, to the Ashes? At no, all? no, no, I'm not. We're going to be doing little bits and pieces over here. I think regarding all of that stuff, and, and, and thankfully the world's getting back to normal a little bit now, isn't it, and what have you. But mm. I think the BBC is going to be taking a bit of a sort of a skeleton staff over there, so to speak. Um, <clears throat> and um, I'm going to be staying back here doing a few bits and pieces as well, sort of from home. But uh, going to be keeping a close eye on it. Hey, Kat, I've got to ask you a question about Owen Morgan. He's um, he had a pretty slow yeah. IPL, but he's got a few runs as of late. Have you been impressed with how he's been batting as of lately? 
Yeah, well, it's funny actually because as I was doing the as I was doing the commentary the other day, I called him Moen's organ. I got it round the wrong way, which was a little bit embarrassing. <laughs> but there you go. <laughs> yeah, these slip-ups do happen on commentary, as you well know, Bad, oh. when you're on the radio. I think that's called a spoonerism, isn't it? I got it around the wrong way. But hey, I don't think anyone noticed. It's not the end of the world. Um, yeah, no, he could do with a few runs for sure. But I think Owen, as you know, Baz, as you know, he's your captain down at uh, Kolkata, isn't he? Mm. Yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah, he is, yeah. He did a fabulous job yeah, leading yeah. us. He, he was a bit shy on runs, but it wasn't for the lack of trying. No, well, there you go. So, you know, you, you're always trying. But, um, um, yeah, so he just seems to keep very calm. He keeps everyone focused and together. And, uh, you know, when, when, when it's all flying around out there in T20, you can lose track of things a little bit, as we've seen throughout the competition. But he just has a wonderful way of just marshalling the troops, keeping a lid on everything, and just getting all those matchups right and what have you. He's a big stats man, isn't he? He's got that fella. He's got that fella, what's his name, with all the signs and all the numbers. Nathan Lehman. Nathan Lehman, yeah. Yes, yeah, we got him. We had yeah, him with Kolkata too. Oh, right. Well, I mean, does it work? I'm not sure. I mean, it could be anything he could be putting up there. I don't know. But it seems to be working. And um, he's, uh, yeah, he's a great leader. He's got all the boys sort of singing from their same hymn sheet. They all know where they're going. And he's looking to be a double World Cup winner, isn't he? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yes. You know those yeah. um those signs. Like he puts them up on the side for yeah. those that, that aren't sure. He puts them up on the side, like on this um, clipboard sort of thing. First time I saw it, yeah. you know, like over in county cricket, how you got to put your order in for at the end of the game, at the end of the day, and the, the drinks fella goes out and gets you like so, so you get a pint of cider or you get your pint of pint of Guinness, yeah. or whatever, and the guy brings it into the end. I was thinking maybe that's what he's doing. Maybe he's asking more what he wants to have, have a little drink afterwards. Wow, I know. It's like, it's like semaphore or something. I don't know, but it seems to be working for the boys. They've got a good little thing going at the moment. England at the moment, so strong in white ball cricket. I mean, this is the like, this is without the likes of Joffre Archer, Ben Stokes, and these kind of guys knocking yeah, around true. as well. So we've got, it, we've got it going well at the moment, mate, and, and, and we're enjoying it over here. We're loving the white ball stuff and getting right behind the side. Hey, Kat. Good ask you. We've had yeah. a few, few questions over the last couple of weeks. How did you get the nickname Cat? <laughs> the cat? The cat? Mm. <laughs> well, there's been a, there's a few answers to that. There's a few answers to that. Out all night, <laughs> sleep all day. One of them. Um, I've been taught, <laughs> they say, they've always said I've had nine lives. They've said I've had nine lives. And I've, been caught, and I've also been caught having a wee in next door neighbor's flower beds a couple of times. <laughs> Which which one? Which one do you think? Well, I don't know, mate. You make up your own mind. You've seen most of them, bad mate. You've seen me do most of it. There's a few other ones. There's a few other ones, but uh, it's a morning show where you always there. I better keep them to myself. Hey, hey, talking about shows, what about our show on Netflix over there? It's going off, isn't it? Oh, mate, it's brilliant. I've had so much good feedback about it. I mean, listen, it, it was pretty simple, really, just to turn up and have a wander around your place, mate. It was amazing. The food, the wine, the golf courses. I mean, we hacked our way around 
some of the most beautiful golf courses I've ever seen in my life. The scenery, the views and everything. Crikey, it was just, uh, it was an absolute joy. So, no, it's going very well over here. Um, there's a clamour. You've got to come over here, mate. You've got to come over here and do the second series, yeah. but we'll have to see, eh? Yeah, no, definitely. Where would we go? Will we make our well, way I down was to thinking St Andrews and all these kind of places? I'll have to take you to a little oh. bit of history, mate. You know what I mean? And all, perhaps where they yeah, play all the opens or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, that would be nice, <laughs> wouldn't it? Eh? Yeah, that would be nice. But um, yeah, no. So who knows, mate? But that's uh, uh, that would be a wonderful trip as well. Go, going up to Scotland and over to Ireland and everything like that. That would be a lovely old spot. Well, once this world gets back to any sort of sense of normality, let's make that one happen, and we'll do a we'll do a uh, yeah. a second show over there. But it's been a pleasure to talk yeah. to you, Cat. It's an absolute champion, mate. Thank you very much for jumping on with uh, with Izzy and myself here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. And I hope you English boys Cheers, put up a good fight against the Kiwis in a couple of days, mate. <laughs> good luck. We shall see. We shall see. All the very best, boys. Nice to speak to you, Izzy. Nice All to right. meet you again, Baz. Take care, boys. Take care, brother. Love to the Duchess as well. Absolute champion. He is a legend, is Phil Tufnell. Hey, voice. Isn't that voice just like, it just warms your heart, doesn't it? He's just an, he's an yeah. endearing man, I think, is. As soon as you heard That's that voice, you jumped up out of your seat. Oh, it's the great commentators. They have something, that distinctive voice, eh? It just really captivates you and brings you in and... That's what Phil Tufnell does, mate. As soon as he spoke, you, you spoke about it. And, and his little take, out all night, sleep all day, kind of cat scenario, <laughs> man. He's a champion. Nine lives. And out I'm all sure night. there's many, many sleep. more. And we have to chat off to him off air and get the rest of the gravy because there's going to be some funny answers, I feel, coming from Phil the Cat. It's a great get, Bears. Awesome, mate. Yeah, thank you, mate. And that was, of course, our Resine Cricket Catch-Up. So Resine New Zealand's most trusted paint brand for the past 10 years. As Razine, Phil Tufnell, absolute champion. We are very, very lucky to get some great guests on our show, and he's one of the, one of the best. He's and appreciate him as well. It was kind of late notice. I sort of thought, geez, who are we going to speak to about the English, New Zealand game? And it was like, oh, the cat. Of course, the cat. He's going to be watching it, probably with a beer in hand as well. But he's going to be watching it. But he's a, he's a legend. It was nice to have him. Uh, with us too. So that was Phil Tufnell here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We've got plenty more coming up after the break. We've got Paulie Milwati from the TAB. I wonder if he gives me a bonus bet for my losses on Tabata yesterday. There's a question I wouldn't mind the answer to, as does everyone else that backed her in. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. A big thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. The Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. How good was Phil Tufnell, the cat? If you missed that, make sure you download the app and go to the podcast. That was a great, great conversation with Baz's good friend, the cat. Right now, we got Zade on the Kennard's High phone line. He's going to have a wee chat to us about the T20 World Cup. Morning, Zade. Good morning. But before I get on to that, um, I didn't put too much on it, but I did get on the uh, trifecta, the box trifecta yesterday. Oh, hey, well done. At least someone got paid. Good stuff. Well Your shout. I, 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 you can get the sausage rolls. I think I only, I only got like $12 off. It wasn't paying much, was it? That's right. Well, that's, that's right. At least hey, you got something. There's a saying in racing, you, you never go broke taking a profit, they reckon. And, and I also got on... Me. But what do you got that, for us? Um, uh, yeah, um, can't wait for the cricket tomorrow morning at um 3 a.m. Definitely be getting up and um, listening to the call on um, your guys' station because I... Um, 
always listen to the show on the app. Um, one of the one of the app guys. Um, yeah, can't wait. Um, for me, um, it'll be interesting to see who who wins the toss. I think that could be a big play in the in the game. And um, for me, if we do bat first, um, we need Biden Gupstall and Daryl Mitchell to have a good start to lay a bit of a platform. So um, you know, Kane Williamson and Conway can glide because um, they're a bit um, Conway and uh, Conway and um, Williamson are a bit slower than um, Gupstall and that. So um, they need the openers mm-hmm. to set a set a platform. Or if we bowl, I think um, we need to get some early wickets. Um, obviously, Adam Milne. If we can get his boosting pace, um, who knows? It could yeah. be all on. And um, I've got a bit of a request for you guys. I don't think I've had him on. Um, have you guys had on um, old Bungle? Bumble. Oh, David Lloyd. Yeah. Bumble. Yeah. Bumble, We'll yeah. get him on. We'll get him on for you. That's what we'll do, Zay. And, um, you can, we'll we'll uh, reach into our contact. And maybe you can ask him in. about um, Richie McCall flying the um, helicopter for him. He likes that one. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. I like your Thanks cricket boys, take too. Everyone. I think it's very important we get early wickets. Good stuff. Thank you, Zaid. Good man. Good job, we Zaid. appreciate you ringing up and on the old Kennard's High phone line and giving us your thoughts on the success of, well, the way to succeed for the New Zealand cricket team. Spot on. Take early wickets. Swing the ball. Southie and Bolt, they can swing that ball, swing that new white kookaburra against the top order English boys. They're a big, big chance. Right, we're going to head off to Pauli Moate. I think he's on the line for us. It's time for a TAB live update. Bet live on your favourite sports with the TAB app today. Pauli Moate, are you there, my friend? Yeah, morning, boys. How are we? Oh, a bit chippy. You got all my cash in your pocket, eh? I see how it works. (laughs) All up and about Pauli Moate today. That's good. That's good. I heard you just talking a wee bit of cricket there. And, of course, we've got the bonus back promotion on the semi-final between the Black Caps and England, which uh, starts around, I think it's 3 o'clock tomorrow morning. Uh, we've had a couple of $2,000 bets on the Black Caps to beat England at $2.30. They remain at that quote of $2.30. Uh, in the top run scorer market, or the top English run scorer market, the favourite there, Joss Butler, uh, and in the top New Zealand run scorer market, uh, equal favourites, Kanye Williamson and Martin Guptill are both paying 375 to be the top run scorers there. But of course, it was New Zealand Trotting Cup Day yesterday. Uh, the Northerners came through with copy that. Uh, we head across town today to Rickerton uh, for Copeland's Mile Day. And we've got a bonus back promotion on the first two races from Rickerton. So I'll try and steer you into a, uh, a winner or two there. The best back in okay. race one both in bet count and in hold, uh, it's all over Rover. So best back in race one, it's all over Rover. Race two, um, who have we got here? Oh, out of the Pittman stable, the four-year-old son of Nona Never, number one, Wild Rover. Uh, more than three times uh, as many bets on Wild Rover than we've got on any other runner in the race. So if you yeah. like to follow so, trends or money, um, very well backed, number one, Wild Rover in race two. So you've gone, it's all over Rover and Wild Rover. Is that right? I, I, 
I don't make the stuff up. That's just how the dice fall. <laughs> We're going to need. Yeah, I thought it was. Well, I need a Roy of the Rovers performance to get myself out of the punting hole that I found myself in, <laughs> Paulie. Well, any danger uh, of sliding a couple of bonus bet toll bears <laughs> at, at some stage? Or? <laughs> uh, uh, hopefully, I can steer you into a winner in the Copeland's Mile because um, what have we got there? Uh, Marcus Aurelius uh, out of the mm. Tiago stable, number four. Holds the most bet, single bets in the race, currently four dollars and eighty cents. Um, but half the turnover on this race is on one runner, the hot favourite, number five, Miss Tycoon Rose. Uh, we've had a five thousand dollar bet at three dollars and twenty cents on Miss Tycoon Rose. Uh, well, she's now two fifty, uh, and the mo- and we've had a number of other uh, significant bets on Miss Tycoon Rose as well. So. There's plenty of money on Miss Tycoon Rose to win the Copeland's Mile uh, this year. Currently $2.50. Of course, we've got a $40,000 guaranteed late quarter at Rickerton today and a $20,000 guaranteed first four on every race from Rickerton as well. So big, big day at Rickerton. Uh, overcast at the moment, but looks like it's going to be a wee bit warmer than yesterday. Champion, thank you. Paulie Mwati from the TAB, of course, TAB Promotions and play in hundreds of sports markets to choose from. Visit tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18. It is 8.30 in the morning. We're off to Treaty with the News for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. It's 8.32. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. And, uh, boys, on top of that sports news yesterday, one of the outstanding performances was from Steph Curry for the Golden State Warriors, rediscovering that 2017 form 50 points and 10 assists in the game against the Hawks. They won 127-113, became the oldest player to do 50 points and 10 assists in a game since Wilt Chamberlain. Uh, Steph's two years older than him, 33. Wilt Chamberlain did it at 31. So what I want to know from you next is as you advanced in years and your preferred sports, as you got more and more vintage, how did you keep your performances top draw? That's what I want to know next from Baz and Izzy here on Baz and Izzy for Breakfast. Yeah, you're listening to Baz and Izzy for Breakfast on SENZ. We're 21 minutes away from the 9 o'clock hour when we get to the door. Ian Smith to send it home till lunchtime at Addington Raceway down here in Christchurch. But that was a great question from you, Ricardo. I'm going to pass that to Baz. Baz, as time went on, as time went on, how did you potentially, or how did you keep your form up to make sure you had all the things needed to have a successful game or put in a great performance, like Steph Curry? Um, Well, I didn't keep my performance up, to be fair. (laughs) My performance sort of started (laughs) dropping away a little bit, so... I think as you as you head towards the latter stages of your career, I think you go one or two ways. You either kick and leave on a high or you sort of just start to to sort of um, see the end and, and start to, to uh, your performance to start to just trend down a little bit. And I just found myself um, wasn't really prepared to make the same sacrifices and do as much hard work as what I was when I was slightly um, younger and as aspirational. And I think that's just been in the setup for as long as what it was now I still put in the work but just didn't quite have that real hard edge that I think you need um, and hence why it was time for me to to get out and and to give someone else the chance who was prepared to to um, to make those sacrifices and to push himself that hard so yeah, it's a, it's a 
tough old game, that's for sure, professional mm. sport. But yeah, I guess there's, there's some people who are able to have some great moments though, in professional sport as well. And this man, is he has uh, had one of those great moments yesterday. Yeah, he is, mate. He is. He gets better with age, winning his second cup, second New Zealand trotting cup. What a win. Watching, it's time for a McCafe coffee catch-up. What a win. Watching Ray Green post, uh, win, win the trotting cup race and seeing the emotion and his voice really hit home. The true meaning of owning a horse. You just can't beat it. Well done to Ray and the team. But it was Blair Orange that drove copy that for his second cut win, second cut win, and Blair joins us this morning. Hopefully he's not too slow this morning, but good morning, Blair. Congratulations <laughs> on a very successful ride, mate. Yeah, g'day, guys. Thanks so much for that. Mate, how was it? How was it? How was the, you know, post that race? I know you had a few more races to go post the, well, you had the one in the last, but how was it, mate? Did you, you celebrate into the night last night and, and tell us a bit about that moment crossing the line and the win? <laughs> yeah, it's a, but those, you know, as a kid growing up, that's always the race you want to win. And, um, you know, it's just quite a prestigious race for, for Canterbury, mm. New Zealand and Australasia. So, you know, as I say, it's hard enough to get a horse to drive in it, let alone one that you think's a winning chance. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty special. And, yeah, we, we, we had a few quiet ones last night to, to enjoy the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he did, Blair. It's uh, it's Baz here, mate. Hey, um, during during the running of that uh, of the cup yesterday, were you well aware exactly where Mark Purden, who was a hot hand, I know he's good mates with you as well. Were you aware where he was with the favourite, and were you, were you comfortable that you knew you knew that you had him covered? Um, just early, mate. And um, after we got about a hundred metres, I looked across to the inside, and I thought. Um, Mark was actually going to settle in front of me, which was uh, not ideal. But um, luckily, um, you know, I just asked my guy to run a bit faster early, and Mark got in a little bit, little bit more traffic after after that point. And you know, that that was the key moment to just just be able to settle in front of him to um, to, to have the upper hand, so to say. Mate, was it uh, during the race? I know Laver probably gave you a helping hand. It pulled out just in front of South Assured and checked Mark Purden, and Mark Purden was humming down the outside and potentially going to match you up the front. But was that always part of the plan, part of the plan to lead all the way and put the pressure on the field? Yeah, look, once I'd stepped so good um, and found the front, it was, um, you know, one of those things you take all the risk out of play and dictate the race and if you get beat you get beat but it was, yeah, I had a couple of couple of plans in my mind but um, yeah once we found the front that, that was um, where, we, where we were going to stay and as I say if they were able to beat me well so be it but luckily they weren't Oh it was the perfect race for you mate congratulations but tell us about Ray Green I was watching him post that the emotion and his voice and his face, he was very emotional on the trackside TAB interview. You wouldn't have seen it if you were had another race, but what's he been like, mate? You spoken to him? Yep, caught up with Ray on the phone um, a little bit after the race, and uh, yeah, they, you know, Ray just loves the loves the harness racing sport in general and loves the horse, and yeah, it's 
I had quite a few people say to me actually how emotional Ray was on the on the TV, which was just it shows you how um, how, how the racing game everyone loves it and and what it means to win such a prestigious race and you know especially at Ray's age and he's been around the world and won a lot of fantastic races but you know the New Zealand Cup always has a special place in everyone's heart so yeah I talked to a couple of boys from the farm actually up there with Ray and um, I think they're still going actually and um, really enjoy <laughs> enjoying the couple of days. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, I completely agree with those. There were some great scenes after and it's amazing the joy that you were able to bring to, to Ray and, and all his family as well. Mate, we're going to let you go because I know you're probably highly in demand, but we really appreciate you joining us here as well, especially straight after you've been saluting the judges and, and picked up another New Zealand Cup, mate. And it's a fabulous ride and um, it was it was great to watch. So thanks heaps for joining us, Blair. Yeah, cheers, Blair. No, no, appreciate that, guys, anytime. The man that is Blair Orange, of course. He got the chocolates yesterday on Copy That. It was a, it was. I thought it was an outstanding drive. Is he just the mm. way that the presence of mind to know exactly where the favourite was, knew that that was going to be the biggest danger. Mark Purden was running hot all day, and to just still be able to keep his focus on what he was doing with his horse and have total confidence and trust in that horse, mm. and to run his race, which I think was um, was the winning and the losing of that New Zealand Cup and. It was a shame the crowds weren't there, um, but, you know, that's that's just the times that we're in. But still, as we head forward in, in history, it's still written down as a New Zealand Cup winner, and that is Blair Orange for us. And we're actually going to cross straight over now as well. How lucky are we? Crikey, we're getting all the big hitters. Now we've got Darren Williams from down there in, uh, at Addington as well, who's the track manager, and he can talk us through a little bit of um, how yesterday unfolded. Good morning, Darren. Yeah, good morning, guys. How's it going? Excellent. How was yesterday, mate? We just had Blair Orange on, on the phone to us, and he talked us through his win in, in the New Zealand Cup on copy that. How was the overall day yeah. for you? Oh, look, it was a weird day um, with no, uh, well, next to no public on course, uh, just the uh, hospitality bubbles and, and the owners and the participants. So it was very strange for the staff and everyone that sort of looks forward to Cup Day and to hosting a huge celebration on behalf of Harness Racing and the Canterbury people, obviously, but end of the day, uh, turn the page and hopefully we haven't got the same restrictions to deal with next next year. But the racing itself was just outstanding. Terrific drive by Blair on mm. copy that. And um, yeah, a number of other highlights throughout the day. And Mark Purden's effort in the first, maybe won six of the first eight races or something. So it was, yeah, it was a bit full on early on for him. Must have been an easier, easier meeting for yourself, mate. No pundits running around slurring their words and causing disruptions, it must have been a lot easier to, to be able to organise and logistically-wise ran smoothly for yourself? Yeah, look, it did run smoothly. To be honest, if anything, it was more work than a, than a normal full oh. crowd because of the, the compliance that's required in and around the COVID levels. Uh, we had police on course, uh, yeah. liquor licensing officers on course. Um, no one's really run an event of this sort of magnitude so far in New Zealand where um, you're required to seat and, and um, way to service that many people uh, in one venue. Um, so, yeah, not easy. Um, and obviously the people that were coming into the stand, I think we've got seven bubbles in the stand, and each of those groups of people had to enter the stand through a different 
um, entry point um, and not come into contact with each other. So uh, we had people going up lifts and escalators and stairwells and all fenced off so they just never come into contact with each other. So they're only ever in the same yeah. bubble. But um, just is what it is. Look, as I say, mm. hopefully we haven't got the same restrictions to deal with next year, but we've been able to race successfully. Uh, turnovers yeah. down a little bit, as you would expect, but um, still very, very significant turnover. It's about five and a half million at the moment. Um, and it will mm. climb a little bit with some multis that will be into some features at Rickerton. So we're happy enough with that. I think it's only about three or 400,000 down on a couple of years ago, and last year was a record turnover, just a freakish situation that we did come out of COVID, and everyone went a bit crazy, which is probably what will happen around Christmas time. <laughs> hey, Darren, I guess, um, you know, we've got our, our very esteemed staff member down there in Ian Smith, who's calling uh, his show from from the track as well. Um we know he's quite fond of a little tipple. Was, uh, he would have been quite happy with the fact that he didn't have to queue up at the old, the bars there. The, with no queues, he would have just been straight to the front, wouldn't he? Do you, you see him on course yeah, at all? I did see him. We, he was here early, um, doing the show yesterday morning, and, and the guys carried on through the afternoon, and that'll be happening again. I think Tana's in the, in the studio on Thursday, tomorrow, and then the boys are, are covering show day, Mick and Greg on uh, Friday afternoon, but uh, I did see Smithy, and uh, he was very comfortable with where we had him in the private suite overlooking the track. And his first question actually was, "Where is the machine to have a bet?" So he was quite keen <laughs> to have a go. He was quite—I don't know—I don't know how he went, but he doesn't mind the bet. So yeah, no, it's good, oh, it was good but I, I don't know how he's pulled up or how he's gone, but um, you know, he was pretty happy where he Slurping was. Slurping on a coffee at the five, moment. Five, five positions, so it's good. Oh, it was fantastic. Uh, it was course, and, and the coverage was, was great, you know. I appreciate everything you guys are doing. Oh, that's awesome. He's he's in fine form, actually. He's looking really, really good down there at Eddington Raceway. He's got his guns up. He's showing them about. So he's drinking his coffee. He's fine, mate. But really appreciate Darren Williams joining us on the show. Hopefully next year. I was there last year, and it was an outstanding day. So hopefully we can get crowds back. SCNZ will be there back there next year again. Smithy will carry on today throughout the morning at Addington Raceway. But all the best, mate, and well done on a successful uh, Addington Cup day. Thanks, guys. There you go. That is Darren Williams, Addington Cup, Cup, Addington Raceway manager, as we uh, chatted to him about that meeting. And that was a McCafe coffee catch-up with Blair Orange as well. So great to have Blair, the winning Driver for copy that on the show, but up after this, we got Ian Smith for our temper mattresses. Sleep on it. Question for the doyen on sport. We'll be back shortly.